Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Disney vs. Disney Debates, the podcast where we aim to find out what is the best Disney film ever made. I'm your grandmaster, Zane C. Weber, here with my faithful fact checker, Julie Eisendrager. Oh, hey, hey, hey. How you going, Julie? I'm not too bad. How are you? Ready to fact check? Oh, look, am I ever really ready? <laughs> I've prepped, I've done my finger stretches, I'm good to go. Well, this week we have one returning debater and one brand new debater. So let's start with a brand new one to my left, Isaac. Good day slash evening, everybody. <laughs> How you going? I'm super great, man. How are you? Pretty good. Who are you? What do you do? My name is Isaac. What are you about? Um, I'm a, just a dude. Just Live, a dude? Living my best life, man. You you sing some stuff, don't I you? I sing a lot of things. I try to write things to sing. There you go. That's that's about it. And why do you love Disney? Well, Disney is everybody's childhood, really. I mean, there are other aspects of your childhood, but Disney's my childhood. Fair enough. Man, and I'm still a child. <laughs> at heart. Yeah, and at, let's say a at child. Heart. You've yeah, got yeah. one kept in a jar. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Across the table, we have none other than Curtis Lang. Hello, and explain to me exactly why that was not a good gay joke. Uh, um, we don't okay. have the time, Curtis. We don't have the time. Anyway. Uh, yes, hello, how are you, Zane? I am fine. How are you feeling? Oh, ready to go. Yeah. Wonderful. I'm, I'm, I'm up one. I'm down the other one. So I'm, let's see if I can. I guess this is can, a decider. This is decider. If, am I good at this? Am I bad at this? Who knows? So which movie have you decided to argue for today? I am fighting for Finding Dory. Finding Dory. Smash hit follow-up to Finding Nemo. Yep. And Isaac, which Disney film are you arguing for? The classic Monsters Incorporated. Classic. Classic Monsters Incorporated. Well, before we get down to it. Is that what ink stands for? True. Congratulations. As opposed to what you write with. Yes. Oh, no. That's oh, not no. Trivia. I was wondering why there was no quills in that. Movie. Yeah, man. I thought it was going to be like a <laughs> paper, based, paper and ink based film. All right. So our format is each of our competitors will have a three minute opening statements with a warning at two. Uh, and this is where they can tell us why they think their film is the best Disney film ever made. Then in the second round, they will get two minutes to rebut why they think their opponent's film is not the best Disney film ever made. Then we'll take a break and we'll come back with a bit of an open discussion question and answer section. And then finally, a one-minute summation of your arguments before I make my decision. There are also five categories in which I am scoring points. 
Number one is the memorable moments. What in your movie is memorable? Number two is the message that your film gives to its audience. Number three is the movie magic. What about your film makes it the better film? The magic music. What about the music makes your film better than your opponents? And finally, the catch-all topic, that Disney touch. What did Disney do with your film that no one else could have or would have? All right, so we have rolled the dice and we have determined that Curtis is going second. I am. And Isaac is going first. The cogs were turning hard, but you got there. That's right. <laughs> I was like, I cannot yeah, I remember, remember the end of that conversation. <laughs> so, Isaac, you will have three minutes with a warning bell at two to tell me why Monsters Inc. is the best Disney film ever made and your time starts when you start talking monsters inc so it came out in 2001 a year that includes the first harry potter film fellowship of the ring as well as shrek so the population already had so much to do so much to see yet an unknown story just comes out and it becomes the third highest grossing film of the year now monsters inc is great so the pre- the premise of the film is such an energy crisis has hit the city monstrosity of Mon- monstropolis it's got it on it on its knees. The society who has built its infrastructure over a dwindling resource, which is screams. Children are just not as easily scared as they once were, and the world is in drastic need of, of aid. Enter Mike Wazowski and James B. Sullivan, who are our heroes for our story. These two brainwashed employees live for one thing, to serve their company and just be the best that they can. They've got their beliefs and they're set. Now, no story is complete really without the nice complication and this comes in the form of a supposedly contagious and highly dangerous human child who our heroes name Boo. While attempting to cover up the fact that they've let a child into the into their world um, and save their own hides by getting Boo back into the human world, they uncover a massive conspiracy within their own company. And when they try to bring this conspiracy to light, they are disenfranchised, ostracized, and banished to the human world. But only at the last minute do they manage to avert disaster and protect the entire world's population of children from being tortured simply for an energy source, and they expose high levels of corruption in the Monsters Incorporated. Mike and Sully then inherit leadership of the company and restructure the entire purpose to use only clean, renewable power sources. Now, technically, this film is it's, it's amazing. Like, for instance, the character of Sully has 2,320,413 individual hairs on his body. And bearing in mind that this is in 2001, and Pixar's films before this are, like, about plastic toys and insects. So this is, like, cutting-edge animation, which is it, – it's a massive step up. Mm. And that impresses me a lot. So they're working under stress. They're in three separate buildings while they're doing this. They're like, but they've made this beautiful film. All right. This is quintessential Disney. Randy Newman composed the fantastic score built upon, like their opening number built upon jazz. And the score is expertly crafted. It gives both a sense of urgency and then like foreboding when it's needed because these are monsters. These are scary times. The original song, If I Didn't Have You, it won Newman his first ever Academy Award for Best Song. It's a human story about flawed characters overcoming personal environmental problems and finding a solution through mutual understanding and care. There's comedy, action, and there's so much heart. A big scary monster whose life has been about frightening children learns to care for a young innocent girl. And another thing, not once during the film are either of the lead characters living in in each other's shadows. They're just best friends. They support each other. It's amazing. Monsters Inc. is great. Convincing. I am convinced. Wonderful. You didn't even need all that time. Curtis? You will now have three minutes to tell me why Finding Dory is the best film made by Disney ever. Your time starts 
when you start talking. So throughout my debate, I think what is going to be the hardest thing is for me to separate Finding Dory from its predecessor, Finding Nemo, because I think intrinsically people think of those two linked. But I think Finding Dory not only uh, circumvents the legacy of Finding Nero, but extends upon it. Um, this is just a wonderful film. Um, it's uh, And I think especially because um, it's set in the Great Barrier Reef in Australia. So I think that's just a nice little touch for all us Aussies at home. Um, I think it's a it's a wonderful film because it deals with us uh, uh, quite a quintessential device nar- uh, narrative device um, of a journey back to one's origins to uh, search for something that is lost. Now that is something that we've seen in many films time and time again, but it is complicated in this film by the fact that Dory suffers from mental illness, and I think it is wonderful because the overarching message of this film is that mental illness need not define us. You can overcome it. You can learn to live with it. You can be better for it. Um, and I think it's, yeah, it's just, it's just wonderful that a movie about anthropomorphic fish um, <laughs> was able to do that. And I think it does it magnificently. Um, this movie is visually beautiful. Um, the, the ocean uh, is wonderfully animated. Um, the fish are all, I don't like fish. Um, and sharks, they kind of scare me, but, um, uh, in this, you find yourself connecting with the, with these rather, I think as a, as a society, we, um, we connect with, um, land animals a lot more than we do with sea creatures, I think. But in this, we, we are able to, uh, um, become invested in these characters. Um, the music is wonderful. Um, I think it is, um, uh, recorded by the uh, Newman Scoring Stage, which I believe was actually founded um, by Randy Newman. Um, and so there's a little link there. Um, it's it's a wonderful uh, um, conjuncture of um, synthetic um, synthetic sounds and like kind of whale echo and strings. And it, it just it it, it it encapsulates the the kind of floaty feeling of the ocean so wonderfully. I think the story is um, excellent. Uh, there's a cameo by Sigourney Weaver, which is just hysterical. I think she voices the um, the voice at this aquatic park that they end up going to. Um, what a wonderful world by Louis Armstrong is in it for very little reason, but it's just a nice little touch because it's a great song. Um, and yeah, anyway, so um, I think. Um, that's all I really have to say on, on an, in this kind of opening monologue. I just think it's a wonderful film that, um, really, ex, um, exceeds and stands on its own as a, as a, in its legacy. Totally agree. I think it is a film totally separate to Finding Nemo. Mm. All right. Uh, so before we go on to second round, which is the two minute rebuttals, is there any facts that need to be checked? Yes, really? pretty please. They are both within Monsters, Inc. Um... Clarify for me again how many hairs? Two yes. million. Yeah. I have it I have it written. Two million three hundred and twenty thousand four hundred and thirteen. Five point five million is what I found. You are incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Says the internet. Mm. If anyone's going to tell it, you that you're incorrect, it's the internet. It's the when internet. it comes to the internet and Isaac Tibbs, I'll trust Isaac Tibbs. Thank you very and much. Can you please tell me what you said again when it came to the Academy Award? For best original song, best original song, and Randy Newman's first win for Academy Award, mm-hmm. first win was mm-hmm. for "If I Didn't Have You," which yep. is from Monsters Incorporated. Yep. And did you? What did you say about where that sat in the Disney scope? Did you Nothing. mention where that's at? No. No. Okay. 
No, just that it was Randy Newman's first. That's win. fine. Why? What's the What's the fact you found? I thought I I thought you said it was the first Academy Award oh. for Disney's best original <laughs> song. Ah, that would be surprising. <laughs> That'd be very late for Disney just. to reach that point. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the Academy really had it in for Disney. Yeah. <laughs> for 50 years, they were like, no, not none this one, of this. No, not this one. Oh, but this guy. Randy Newman. <laughs> the only song okay. from this movie. <laughs> okay, well, the time is now set to two minutes, mm. and Isaac, you will have two minutes to tell me why you think Finding Dory is not the best Disney film ever made. Your time starts when you start talking. Okay. Finding Dory is basically the same story that Finding Nemo was. It's got a naive character taken from a place of safety with her friends and family. They're planted in human captivity, befriends the other prisoners. They escape. Um, their the stolen characters. The family locates the the stolen character. That an escape is made. The family is reunited, and that's that's the end. And Marlon hasn't really changed from the first film. He's still a father who's just being dragged along. He's like Mel Gibson in Ransom, but not achieving all the things he wants to do. His kid drags him along on this adventure to save his friend, but he's just a scared guy still. There's no massive character development. He didn't learn many lessons from the end of Finding Nemo. Whereas Dory had reached her her, her character arc where she's learned to live with her, her, her drawbacks to her character in her short-term memory loss. Mm. And that's something that she's learned to live with as as a fish when she's found her family. And they've just basically harped on that again for another whole film. Another thing, the film doesn't really leave much for merchandising, and that's something big with Disney, which I don't really agree with commercialism, but whereas, like, a kid doesn't really want to play with a plastic fish, whereas you could get a fully posable stuffed Sully and you could hold him and love him, and that's the dream. I mean, (laughs) what kid wants to have a fish on their pyjamas when you can wear a onesie that makes you look like Sully, or you can wear, like, a, a replica of the onesie that they make for Boo? Out of their own chair. Now that's cute. I don't even know where to put that. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't the film sort of glorify zoos? I mean, these are animal re- animal rehabilitation is honourable and often necessary. But this the mass amounts of wildlife kept in cap- captivity in this film, and they're not being the offers, offered the freedoms that they could. Like, there's an actual whale living in a tank, and like I admit it's a good movie, but there's so many things that are impossible. Like the kind of fish that Dory is could not survive in the San Francisco Bay. Their their water gets hella cold, like like really cold, and it just hurts me. And Thomas Newman composed the music for Finding Dory. Now, he is the lesser known of the Newmans. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is your time. Uh, some unique uh, arguments there, uh, stuff that has <laughs> never come up before. So, uh, good. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not no, sorry. No, that's, that's fine. I asked you here to do exactly that. So, please. Zane, unleash yeah. me. Do it. I beg of you. You have two minutes, Curtis. (laughs) Two minutes to tell me why Monsters, Inc. is not the best Disney film ever made. Your time starts when you start talking. Let me tell you of a dream, Isaac. Let me tell you of the thousands of dreams I had snuggled up to my life-size, not life-size, huge (laughs) Dory plush toy when I was a child. I will treasure those memories, sir, until the day that I die. Now... If we want to talk about merchandising, that's fine. But I think capitalism has no place in the realm of debating, sir. No. Now, I disagree with you in terms of your um, claiming that uh, Finding Dory is practically the same story as Finding Nemo. And I knew this would be what I was going to go up against because it's, it's quite different intrinsically because of the fact that they choose to go. 
This is a journey that they choose to go on as opposed to a journey that they are pulled along on. They, do, they get into a place and then, yes, they escape, but they are there because they are searching for something and they choose to go on this adventure as opposed to out of necessity. Now, um, Monsters, Inc., I find, uh, is a thoroughly... I, I, I think it not only is it not the best Disney film, it's not the best Pixar film. Um, it's, it, for me, it is, is, a, is a thousand shades of meh. And I'm sorry I have to, do that, I have to say that to you, Isaac, because I respect you greatly. But... Um, <laughs> I think especially, and it maybe it's because for me, I just don't connect to, I think we're, we're meant to be very um, sympathetic towards um, Boo and towards her relationship with Sully, but that for me never was like something that I became invested in. I just don't, I don't think like, yeah, for me, it just, it wasn't able to draw me in. I don't think it was a memorable kind of relationship. I don't think it was a memorable uh, complication. Um, Finding Dory, on the other hand, the only um, antagonist in that film is her struggle with herself and her struggle with what's going on and her and her um her trying to overcome that. And I think in the end she does and she learns that and she and at the end there's this wonderful scene where they're looking out over the drop off like they did in the first film and she's just at peace with herself. And she like she goes off and she goes on a journey and, and like Marlon's kind of chasing after her going are you going to be all right? She's like no. I'm fine. I'm just I'm just enjoying the view. And I think that is why finding him much definitely better than Monsters Inc. Especially because of the thousands of dreams I had as a child. <laughs> finding Nemo? Finding yeah. Dory. Far out. Uh, finding Dory. <laughs> Damn it. I have put myself in a hole. Okay. Excellent. I did the one thing I said I wouldn't do. <laughs> <laughs> well, Curses. it is time to take a little break and we will be back with questions and answers. Right, questions and answers. I have a couple of questions that I would like both of you to answer mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so both films have a very strong theme of friendship and mateship and partnership. Mm. I would like both of you to kind of expound a little bit on what your films did better than the other films to illustrate that theme. I... I think um, Funny Dory um, uh, demonstrates the complexity of friendships and you need not always agree with your friend, but you need to always support your friend. Um, and I think that is most evident in the times where like there's a, there's a moment early in the film where like um, Dory has put them in quite, in quite a bit of danger with a giant squid um, and Marlon's very upset with her and he's like, why don't you just go and forget about it? That's what you do best. And then she like, she leaves. And so that's how she gets kind of taken into the, Aquarium, um, but then like he and he and um, Nemo go desperately to find her, and I think, um, and they end up, yeah, and they end up like helping her find her family. And I think that's it demonstrates the the complexity of friendships, and I think it, um, I think that's that's um that's quite a real representation of of sure. mateship and friendship. I think, and I, I I quite like it. Yeah, Isaac, solid. Mm. I think um, what's good about Monsters Inc. is that their their friendship has been. A, it's it's been a lifelong friendship. It's established in the sequel when it started, but for this film, we did not know when they became partners. Yeah. So we are we are shown two friends who've been together through thick and thin, and just come up and they're living their best lives. What they know is their best lives. Mm. But then when 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 the complications start in the film, you can see that they both grow in different ways. Whereas Mike's life has been built around the fact that they they have a great career together. And it's just because it's that one little 
that's their thing that they do. Mm -hmm. They have their job. Whereas Sully is very quick to realize that he could be a father figure to this character and a Mm. protective figure because that's what he needs to be for this innocent girl. And Mike takes a little longer. So it's about growth and it's about understanding each other. Whereas uh, Mike takes a little longer to, um, to get there in the end to care about someone other than, than than their friendship. Sally is automatically, look, you're still my best friend. We'll always be there for each other, but you've got to grow up a little bit. And whereas though, I, yeah. I still respect you. And then they have that big fight in the Yeti ha- in the Yeti's cave. <laughs> that's, that's very emotional. dramatic. Very dramatic. It is yeah. very yeah. dramatic. I said before that that Boo and um, Sully's relationship, Sully's relationship. Didn't, didn't necessarily engross me like that. It's not because I'm just grouch and I don't like a good father um, child like supplement relationship. Like um, I was thinking before, something that I think did it magnificently well is the video game The Last of Us, which um, some kids on this podcast mm-hmm. not on love to play, but. Um, <laughs> like that that is I think it it is done well and I I can be engrossed with it with I, just in terms of Monsters Inc I just think it just didn't it just didn't hook me in the way that I that I needed I think it to. the way that the Boo and Sally relationship is it's not really supposed to be from her perspective in mm. any way she's just there she's there she's the causality of their problems whereas you see Sully quite quickly realize that he has to protect this person yeah and he realizes Errors in his ways along 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 a along a path that he needs to develop as a man, mm. and he I think he grows quite 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 a lot. Okay, and it's more about his point of view than hers. Yep. All right. Another question that I had is that neither of you have re- you've spoken a lot about the story of your film, but you haven't really told me about the memorable moments. I haven't got much marked down in that category at all. So I just wanted to give you this one opportunity to tell me the moments in your film that make it for you. Which which singular moment epitomizes your film? It's your destiny, destiny. <laughs> is my favorite moment in probably any Disney film. When this is, you see the beluga who's voiced by the dad from Modern Family. Just his lips just come into, into frame, just whispers in this whale shark's ear, it's your destiny, destiny. You can do this. And just anytime he goes, ooh. <laughs> he's like he can see with like his beluga like sonar vision I just think they're the side characters in this film yeah. not only does Dory I think make this film with her personal arc but I think the side characters in this film the ones that are added um, from the previous film um, yeah most specifically um, the octopus Hank 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 the octopus Hank. who um, was revealed to have been hiding in a bunch of previous Disney films just like in in the background because he can camouflage and like they did this like this little thing before it came out where it like showed where he'd been and all that kind of stuff it was insane um and then yeah Destiny the Whale Shark and um I'm gonna call him Phil the Beluga because I can just that's just his name in in modern family Um, but it sounds like his name is Phil um yeah I think those are really the memorable moments I think all these really well like funny well-rounded characters I think that just kind of these moments kind of shine with that I think yeah what about you, Isaac? For me, a lot of the the subtle comedy in the film because it's there's a, there's a lot of adult comedy throughout the film. Yeah, I love that they um, improvise musical theater numbers to cover their own tracks <laughs> at several points, that and is, then at the end in the credits, moment. we get to see their their production of a film. <laughs> and Mike's mum comes. That's adorable. I forgot about I, that. I love the <laughs> Benny Hill chase through all of the doors at the end. And you get to see where where how how many doors there are. That's always been and actually using <laughs> using gravity in different ways. 
like jumping out of one door and landing in another door to just be sliding across floor. That's awesome. Man. Visually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, do either of you have- Can I just say one more thing? Yeah, you should. Sure. One more thing. Uh, is it about Monsters, Inc.? Because it should be. Like, it's real, it's <laughs> no, it's not, unfortunately. Oh, okay, um, I'm going to try a new angle and talk about Finding Dory. Um, <laughs> um, no, there's the moment where she's, uh, she's swimming through the, um, pipes. Through the pipes. And she, yeah. because, because of um, her forgetfulness, she's like, she can't figure out where she's going. And then it's revealed that all this time she hasn't been able to speak whale because she was pen pals with a whale shark when she was younger. And she uses that... that that um, her ability to speak whale <laughs> yeah. to be able to get out of the pipes because um, a friend uh, and her fr- and again her friends they help her through that kind of thing. I think that's a really good moment. I agree, mm. but I think both of your the, both of your films are filled with with really good moments, and that's why I wanted to give you this opportunity to talk about some of them. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll take another brief break, and we'll come back with your one minute summaries, and then my final judgment. All right, we are back for our final summaries. So each of you will get one minute to summarize your arguments, both for and against your movie. And we will start with Curtis. One minute, your time starts when you start talking. Finding Dory is visually, story-wise, character-wise, is just a fantastic film. I think um, it's, it's, it is the underdog that's, that sings to me just because um, I love the journey that Dory um, takes over the entire film. Um, the her battle with mental illness and um, her ability to overcome that and to come to terms with that, I think, really hits quite home for me. Just because that that that's been quite an, a significant part of my life as well. Um, and it's just wonderful to see that kind of thing um, demonstrated in a kids' film. I think, and it's just, it's really beautiful. Um, uh, yeah, there's great moments, um, great characters. Destiny, the whale shark, um, Phil the beluga, whom we've lovably termed <laughs> Phil because we can't remember his name. Um, but you don't remember his name, but you remember the character. Um, and yeah, I just, I find it to be a wonderful film and I just, I love it. I love it so much. And that's the end of my argument. All right. No problem with four seconds left. Solid. (laughs) We'll go straight over to Isaac. You have one minute and it starts when you start talking. Monsters Inc. will always have a special place in our hearts and my heart because it's a story about regular guys realizing their own inefficiencies and issues and turning their entire lives around for the good of their own society. They make tough decisions, right decisions, and they're, they're good people. The whole film, while being wild and thoroughly entertaining, is it's a social statement about renewable energies where Monsters Inc. It, it's it was well before its time. It's it's an essay on the fact that our way of life is unsustainable. And eventually the resources that we use will run out. And if we don't act now, we're going to be lost. And the monsters seem to do this in a nice way. It just makes me happy that it culminates. Happy endings, man. Solid. Happy endings. All right. Well, I have some scores to tabulate. So please take a moment and trade compliments about your opponent's movies. I love the scene with the shells. It's so beautiful. (laughs) I, I, I don't cry a lot in movies. But I just I openly wept at that part because I was just like, this is just I, I nearly swore about how beautiful it was. Like it's so goddamn beautiful, yeah. And I also like that Dory's dad is balding. <laughs> that's just, I love that. That's, that's just yeah. fantastic. Yeah. No, I, I I I said before that I find Monsters Inc. to be to be quite a forgettable film, but everything you've said tonight has made me go. Nah, I think I need to go home and rewatch it because it's Again, a good movie, man. It's it it the the thing and especially the jazz. The, the jazz. It oh. is quite good. 
the scene where, especially where they're going through all the doors, I think is is awesome. It's so, visually it's like an action movie. Yeah, visually, um, narrative wise, it's just it 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 ticks all the boxes for me. That scene, um, and the crab boss is scary. J no Henry something Waternoose. Yeah. I do also love that they've all got like ridiculous names, like business names. They've JP cool Sullivan names. And, and some like, of them wearing half clothes, but not yeah, not all clothes. the clothes. Mm. Weird. I actually like um, in Finding Dory that they paint the 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 ocean like the what what what's it called the sea life the aquarium yeah ocean ocean life o- open open ocean exhibit I think it is okay. yeah they paint that in a in a nice way in that like a, a lot a lot of um recent news about yeah. such sort of things is is bad because they don't treat animals as as good as they yeah. could but they frame the whole thing as though it's a rehabilitation. Yeah, because they find injured animals and they're helping, and then they're yeah. transferring. And there are the, there are those places in the world, and I think that's what there they're are, trying exactly. to capture. And I think here, that's so. a good because it is about because as Sigourney Weaver says at the beginning, it's about um, they capture them, they rehabilitate, and then they re-release. And yeah, so exactly. yeah, mm. um, yeah, good times. All right, good times. The scores are in. The scores are enumerated, and I have a judgment. Congratulations! Surprise. Okay, <clears throat> it's like it was meant to end that way. Almost. <laughs> I will say there are a couple categories that were pretty clear cut. Mm. One being the message. Um, while Isaac, you did argue quite well about the messages that are put forward in Monsters Inc., I think Curtis explained how the messages were intrinsic to the story in Finding Mm. Dory, particularly the representation of not only endangered sea life and and the sea life industry, but also the representation of mental illness and the Mm. female protagonist. Um, I think Finding Dory took out that particular category. When it comes to the movie magic, though, Monsters, Inc., uh, you mentioned just the 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 enormous amount of singular hairs that they animated on Sully. Uh, I know at that point, like that was a huge achievement yeah. that no one had ever been able to do, and it opened all these doors uh, for for movies going forward to be able to use this kind of animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and movie magic, no, sorry, the magic music. You both kind of gave me the same amount, like. Uh, Randy Newman won uh, his his first Academy Award. He did. Uh, but Finding Dory used uh, samples of actual ocean life and I think that m- more intrinsically links it to the movie. And so that was a tie. Mm. Memorable moments by one point goes to Finding Dory. <laughs> <laughs> um I think Finding Dory had the upper hand because it has more characters, more interesting characters kind of throw about. Um, Some that you didn't mention were the seals, which I find. Oh, the seals are hysterical. (laughs) The bird with the bucket? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, And the the, the pearl that just won't, like the clam with the pearl (laughs) that just won't shut up. (laughs) Um, And when it came to that Disney touch, uh, it goes to Monsters, Inc., um, I think the imagination that they put into this world and the the allegory to energy crisis, but tying that into children and their relationship with this imaginary monster in the closet and giving them reality, I think that's something that only Disney Pixar could pull off and, mm. and did. So what we have is... 
two categories to Finding Dory, two categories to Monsters Inc., and a tied category. When I tabulate all the points for and against the best Disney film that was argued for today, it's Finding Dory. Thank you very much. I will wear this burden because I know it is a burden. It is a burden. Yeah. I will wear it with responsibility. mm, This is a big one, and I think we're going to hear about it on social media. I think we definitely are. I think I'm going to get kicked off. (laughs) (laughs) If if you think I've made the wrong choice, which is a valid opinion to have, I am open to being told that on a weekly basis. (laughs) I'm not. I feel good. (laughs) You can find uh, the social media poll on our Facebook page. As soon as this is released, it goes up there. And if Monsters, Inc. gets more votes than Finding Dory, it may (laughs) go through as a wild card to the second Uh, round. So much rage at this table. I'm so getting kicked off as a wild card. (laughs) Look. This is why this podcast has to exist. These movies are so hard to pick between. It's true. It's and true. But you did pick. Yeah, I, I did. So pick. let's just that remember that that, that happens. So and I will. I will stand by my decision on this debate, Thank regardless you. of my personal taste in film. Uh, I'm going to leave it up to the people to tell me if I've made the wrong choice, and then we will see what happens in the second round. Uh, so you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Twitter, you can find us on Instagram, and you can always find us online at that's not canon.com. Now, before we say goodbye, Curtis, is there anything you would like to plug? Yeah, if um, slightly more uh, adult of you would like to head over to my post- podcast that I host on this network, uh, mm-hmm. Unfeatured Articles. Uh, it's a podcast where every week uh, myself, James Kehoe, and Hannah Flannery, we, uh, Hannah Flannery, we bring in uh, a weird uh, obscure, funny, goofy article off um, that we find off Wikipedia or a wikia of some sort. Um, and, yeah, we talk about them, we banter about them, and we, we break them down. Um, where we've just started our second season. So, uh, yeah, head on over and um, give that a listen. Excellent. Nice. Congratulations, Curtis. Thank you. Consolations, <laughs> Isaac. Is there anything you would like to plug before we say goodbye? Uh, yes, I've just started a comedy band. Oh, cool. Love that. The Terms and Conditions. I'm currently wearing a shirt made for said comedy band. And we're just, we're, we're, we're kind of starting out, but look us up. We're on Facebook and Instagram, The Terms and Conditions Band. Love Excellent. That. If you want to send us through some links, I'll chuck it in the show notes. Dude. I forgot to mention my comedy group, The Good Time Boys. That's props, a good name for props a comedy to the group. Good Time Boys. <laughs> it's no Terms but and Conditions. But you're not no, wearing no. a shirt. No, so. I, I am not wearing a shirt. That's he's, true. He's actually shirtless. He's been shirtless. He's been topless. Yeah. I've been, I'm like that comedian, Brett Kerner. Listening. I'm just, I'm, yeah, I've got, I, I drenched mm. myself in sunflower oil before ah, this. It smells. Yeah. Okay. So we are. Going to say goodbye, but before we do, thank you again to Julie Eisentrager for fact-checking us right to the end. So welcome. Fun fact, Monsters, Inc. has the best IMB trivia I've ever seen in my life. Go check that out. Go check it out. Maybe we'll share some of it on Facebook. So good. Okay. Well, thank you again. I've been Zane C. Weber. Keep watching Disney and we'll catch you again next week.
politics. Why can't everyone just get along? Yeah, like in musicals. Musicals fix everything. If people listened and learned from musicals, everything would be better. Music, lights and spontaneous choreography. What isn't there to love? If you want to learn all of life's important lessons... Or just listen to some musical theatre nerds wax lyrical... Subscribe to Musicals Tell Me Everything I Know, wherever you find fun and funny podcasts. Or at our website at thatsnotcanonproductions.com. A That's Not Canon Productions podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.